Lisa Neely, a partner at Myrick O'Connell, recently prevailed in a Massachusetts Supreme Judicial Court ruling involving nominee trusts and mass health. Find out what happened in that case and learn about nominee trusts and mass health on the next On Air with Myrick O'Connell, right now. Hello and welcome to On Air with Myrick O'Connell. I'm Howard Kaplan. This on-air podcast features attorneys from Myrick O'Connell, a full-service law firm with offices in Worcester, Westboro, and Boston. Attorney Lisa Neely, a partner at Myrick O'Connell, recently won a significant Supreme Judicial Court, or SJC, case in Massachusetts. The ruling determined that a nominee trust used to hold real estate is not a countable asset for MassHealth eligibility. In this case, the state tried to claim the creator of the trust still had interest in a property that had been transferred to children via a nominee trust. As a result, the woman was originally denied MassHealth benefits. With this ruling, she now qualifies for Medicaid in Massachusetts. Lisa Neely, thank you so much for joining us on On Air with Myrick O'Connell. Thanks, Howard. How are you? Oh, I'm well. Thanks for taking the time. The first question yeah. I would ask right off the bat is, what is the significance of this ruling? And, and what is the name of the case, by the way? So the name of the case is Guilfoyle, um, Joellen Guilfoyle versus Mary Lou Sutters. And the case started out as the case of Dorothy Frank versus Mary Lou Sutters. And, you know, sadly, as with a lot of cases of mine, um, you know, Mrs. Frank passed away during the pendency of the litigation just because the litigation takes so long. So, you know, Mrs. Frank was the individual who was applying for benefits. The case is significant for a couple different reasons. I think one is it just reaffirms, you know, what we practitioners all knew in that um, a nominee trust in Massachusetts is not a real trust. It's an instrument to hold um, real estate. It's like a title holding entity. These instruments have never been treated as real trusts under Massachusetts law. And what we're seeing with the Mass Health Agency is that they were trying to treat them as um, trust instruments. So they were trying to argue that they were revocable or irrevocable and countable in an individual's mass health application. So it was kind of just going against the grain of like, decades and, and, you know, in some instances, hundreds of years of law on this topic um, in Massachusetts. You know, so it's significant from that respect is that, you know, the, the SJC reaffirmed what a nominee trust was. And, you know, the bigger picture is it's just another case, the latest in a string of cases, kind of debunking some of MassHealth's legal theories about trusts in Massachusetts and how they're used in long-term care planning and Medicaid applications. It's kind of been a multi-year sort of battle with the agency about these instruments. So it's another SJC case that practitioners can use if they're handling MassHealth applications. So what is a nominee trust? Many of our listeners may not even know what that is and, and how does it work? Yeah, so a nominee trust is is like a creature of Massachusetts law. I'm not sure any other states use them, or maybe they do, but they just don't call them nominee trusts. It's really specific to Massachusetts. You know, they're used primarily in real estate transactions, and they're really just like title-holding entities. So it's like a shell. I, I mean, you would basically record the, the quote-unquote nominee trust to hold title, and then the real owners of the property, just named as the beneficiaries, would be listed on an attached schedule. It's typically called the Schedule of Beneficiaries or Schedule of Beneficial Interests, 
holders, and that is typically not recorded at the Registry of Deeds. So the identity of those individuals is kept private and is not recorded at the Registry of Deeds. So these were used a lot to hold title and keep identities of owners private. Some estate planners use them to transfer like fractional interests in properties because it's easy to do it that way via the schedule. And really, they're just real estate instruments. It's almost like when you look at a nominee trust, as I learned by doing this litigation, it's like you look through the document and you just look at what the schedule says and those are the true owners. Um, And they hold real property interests just like they would own it outright in a deed. It's really no different. So why was the trust controversial in this case? And can you tell us a little bit more of the specifics about this case? Yep. So I don't think it was so much that the trust was controversial. It's just more how MassHealth attempts to put the nominee trust in this bucket under their regulations and statutes, how how MassHealth defines what a trust is. And just there's no you know definition on... Uh, that exists within MassHealth as to what a nominee trust is. So that's why MassHealth just refused to acknowledge this basic legal principle um, under Massachusetts law. So, you know, the background of the case, it started out fairly straightforward. I mean, all the way back to 1999, um, Mrs. Frank had transferred title of her home to the Frank Family Realty Trust, which was the nominee trust at issue in the case. And on the schedule of beneficiaries, um, she retained a life estate interest, and the remainder was held by her children as joint tenants with rights of survivorship. Um, Fast forward like 17 or 18 years, and she moved to a nursing home to apply for mass health coverage, and her application was rejected based on the finding by mass health that the entire value of the house was countable to her. MassHealth basically said, we're going to treat it as if you own the whole thing. And therefore, she was denied eligibility. The uh, family on Mrs. Frank's behalf initiated a number of appeals, first at the administrative level, then to the Superior Court, where they both they lost both of those. And then it, it made its way to the Supreme Judicial Court, which is the highest court in Massachusetts. Um, and I, I think there seems to be like a trend going on at the SJC over the past several years that this is like the third or fourth case dealing with mass health related issues that the SJC has taken up on its own initiative over the past several years. So, you know, maybe they have an interest in resolving some of these issues. Uh, that's speculation, obviously, but hmm. so that's the background of the case. So how did the Supreme Judicial Court rule on this? So the SJC found in favor of Mrs. Frank, and they determined that she should should have been eligible for benefits um, because the only interest that she had retained under the trust was a life estate, and that is not that was not countable to her in her application. And and the whole value of the underlying property certainly wasn't countable. So it it rejected all of MassHealth's main claims that it had been making all along in this case, which is number one is that, you know, Mrs. Frank had access to the entirety of the trust or that it was some sort of what MassHealth called it a similar legal device to a trust or a trust-like device. Basically, the SJC reiterated that under Massachusetts law, this document was a nominee trust, and it wasn't a revocable or irrevocable trust. It was a nominee trust, which isn't a true trust at all. And 
that had to be respected by the agency. And under that law, the owners listed on the schedule of the true owners of the property, which means that the kids had the remainder interest and Mrs. Frank had only a life estate. You know, there were some other kind of related arguments Mass Health made that the trust was somehow revocable because the beneficiaries could terminate it and then they could all decide to give their interest back to Mrs. Frank, but that's no different than there's no legal obligation for them to do that if, if the, the trust was in fact terminated. That's no different than like if somebody gave me something and I willingly decided to give it back to them. Right. Now, as you would be in possession of it. Sure. So just going back a little bit to what you said earlier, you said uh, that this isn't the first time the state has challenged someone in court over mass health benefits. Can you uh, talk a little bit about that? This is kind of like a been a multi-year sort of battle with mass health about these uh, the use of trust in long-term care planning and how those are to be respected and treated by the agency. Over the past several years, I would say, you know, going back to like maybe 2014 or 2013, MassHealth has taken a fairly aggressive posture with respect to these trusts. And I'm speaking about nominee trusts, true irrevocable trusts used in long-term care planning and gifting, that sort of thing. MassHealth just has tried to really create its own set of rules on how these documents should be treated and kind of stretch the bounds of what um, the instruments actually mean or how they should be interpreted under Massachusetts law. So, you know, there's been just so much litigation on these issues, like at the administrative level and superior court. And, you know, there's been several cases at the appellate and SJC level now um, dealing with these trust cases. So it's certainly a trend. And, you know, fortunately, the appeals court in SJC has so far ruled in favor of all the applicants and, you know, respected the longstanding history of, of trust and property law in Massachusetts when, when ruling on these cases, which has been very beneficial to individuals and planners because it gives them a sense of certainty when they're setting up these documents in planning. We've been talking with Lisa Neely, a partner at the law firm of Myra O'Connell. Lisa is an attorney in the firm's trusts and estates group. She focuses her practice on elder law with an emphasis on Medicaid, mass health, applications, and appeals. And we're talking about one such appeal here. Lisa recently prevailed in a major case up at the SJC, the Supreme Judicial Court in Massachusetts, involving nominee trusts and mass health. Lisa, I want to thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to talk about this case. Thanks, Howard. Uh, one last question. If folks have questions about trusts, estates, estate planning, mass health, elder care law, how can they reach you? So my direct line is 508-929-1621. And you know, you can also go to the Meyer Pocono website and I have links to some articles that I've written about these topics and um, there you know there'd be a contact info for my email address, which is lneely at myrickoconnell.com. Great. Once again, thanks so much. I'm Howard Kaplan. It's On Air with Myra O'Connell. Thanks for listening. Take care and stay safe. This podcast is brought to you by the law firm of Myra O'Connell. It is intended to inform you of developments in the law and to provide information of general interest. It is not intended to constitute legal advice and should not be relied upon as such. This podcast may be considered advertising under the rules of the Massachusetts Supreme Judicial Court. 